You know, perhaps you're here for the first time or tuning online for the first time and you're like, hey, who's 3W? What are you all about? Well, I want to just, we, we state it week after week because we want you to understand. We exist to get people to a place where they acknowledge, trust, and lean on God daily. It is a daily thing. We exist to get people to a place where they trust, acknowledge, and lean on God daily. Online campus, come on. If you're online today, I want you to put it in the comment box. Acknowledge, trust, and lean on God daily. It is a daily thing. And last year was a, last year was a very big year of growth for me personally. I'm talking about my personal uh, ministry, life, pastorate. I grew a lot last year, and it was very intentional in my growing. I, I, I read a lot. I went to Pastors University, I, I, I surrounded myself with, with other folks that I can sharpen myself with. And, and, and a lot of what I spent time doing last year was asking questions like, who are we as 3W Church? It's why the Lord guided us to, 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 to write it in this way, that we exist to, acknowledge, to get people to a place where they acknowledge, trust, and lean on God. And so the other thing that the Lord was really stirring in us is when somebody says 3W, What's our culture? What are our values? Who are we? And I spent all year working on this and praying through these. And the Lord narrowed it down to us as a church to seven values that represent our culture as 3W. And I'm going to be preaching on them throughout the year. I'm not just dropping all seven on you. But, 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 but these values are who we are. And as we go through it throughout the year at different points in times, you're going to hear, and, and when, when, when it's going to make sense. You're going to be like, you're right. That, that is who 3W is. The first one, we talked about it two weeks ago, was devotions. And with the word devotions, we told you to ask each other or to, to, to say the question or say the statement, keep your tank full. Keep your tank full. I encourage you and encourage you to ask each other, how's your tank? As a matter of fact, I will not be offended when you ask me, hey, pastor, how's your tank? Because it lets me know that you care. And that is one of our values, devotions, spending time with God daily, time in the word of God every single day. Notice I'm saying in the word of God, not in a devotional book. Nothing against devotional books. But remember that a devotional book is the writing of a person who had a time with God. God willing, it was a time with God and not just man-made thing. Because some of these devotional books out there are just totally man-made and nothing to do with God. Be very weary of which devotional plan you do read and follow. Time in the word of God. Time in the presence of God through worship, time in the presence of God in prayer, those things keep our tank full. And again, if you've been part of our church for any amount of time, you know that that is something we talk about consistently. Every single year, we go through the Bible in a year, encouraging you to read the scripture. And I don't want you to be, enter any condemnation. Oh man, I'm, I'm behind. I got behind. So I just give up on it. Just pick up on today and start reading today. It doesn't matter that you're four days behind, seven days behind. It doesn't matter. Are you spending time with God? We need time in the word of God every single day. And the Lord speaks to us through his word. And it's, as Alexa said at the beginning of the service today, when she opened, man, in my reading this week, it stood out. Keep the fire going. And can I tell you, it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to fill my tank and keep the fire going. 
So ask each other, how's your tank? I asked my wife, how's your tank? And, and, and today, I, I want to get into another one of our core values as a church. And, and, and when we talk about it, you're gonna, it it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You, you talk about that all the time. Our church talks about that all the time. And it's this. The value is this. Refresh. Refresh. And I wrote this statement. Even in the busy seasons. Refresh. Even in the busy seasons. Devotions, keep your tank full, refresh, even in the busy seasons. What do I mean? What do we dig into when we say the word refresh? Online campus, listen, you too. What do I mean when I say the word refresh? I'm talking about Sabbath. Here at 3W Church, we Sabbath. We believe in the Sabbath. And I'm not talking about law. In the law and in the Jewish People, Sabbath or Shabbat is Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown, 24 hours, right? But we are not under the law. What God is telling us to do, though, because it is a principle, is that we need to give 24 hours where we rest and do nothing. When you look up the word Shabbat, what it means, or Sabbath, what it means is to end, to cease, to stop, to rest. That is what it means. And what is Sabbath for you is different than Sabbath for me. My job, I am not a bivocational pastor. My job, my vocation is pastoring. So on my Sabbath, I do nothing related to pastoring 3W Church. Notice I'm saying pastoring 3W Church. I don't stop being a Christian. So if I, my Sabbath, I run into somebody from the church or not from the church, and they need prayer, I'm going to pray for them because I do that as a Christian. But I will not answer a text message or an email. As a matter of fact, I won't even check my church email on my Sabbath. And somebody will message me and say, oh, we need to, whatever, and I will not answer it till the day after. Why? Because that is Sabbath for me. If you are whatever it is that you do, you're a mechanic, man, there's one day a week where you don't touch a, 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 a wrench. <laughs> whatever it is, for my girls, their job, my girls have a job. It's called school. So one day a week, they do nothing related to school. You can ask my daughters. You can ask my wife. I will ask them on either Thursday or Friday, do you have any projects or homeworks that are due on Monday? Remember, one of your Saturday, either Saturday or Sunday, you're not touching schoolwork because that's your job, and you're going to Sabbath. Why? Can I tell you something? This is of such importance to God that he modeled it at creation. It is so important to God, he modeled it at creation. I'm going to prove it to you in your Bible. Go to Genesis chapter number two. Genesis chapter number two. So right at the beginning, right? Like no missing out on it. No, 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 no. Right there from the beginning. Genesis chapter two, verse number one. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work 
which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God modeled rest. I mean, I want you to think about that for a second. Does the God of the universe, the omnipotent, omnipresent God, get tired? No, the Bible says he neither grows weary, nor sleeps, nor slumbers, nor sleeps. He does not get tired. He doesn't need it, but he modeled it for us. Many of you know my formal education, my degree is in education. And I, I taught in Dade County Public Schools. I live in Miami-Dade County. If you're watching from somewhere other than Miami, I, I live in Miami-Dade County. That's where our church is. If you're ever in Miami, you're watching online today, come visit us. I worked for Miami-Dade County Public Schools. And then I was recruited to leave the classroom and I went to work for a publishing company. I don't know anything about publishing any books. That's not my side. That's not what I did. I worked in professional development. I trained teachers how to be better teachers in the classroom, how to use technology in their classrooms. And can I tell you, I'm going to tell you a few things. And we have some teachers in the building, some that are perhaps watching online. And, and I can say this because I'm a former educator, okay? Teachers are the worst students. the worst. Every teacher wants their students in class to be quiet, but go to a professional development in a room full of teachers and they don't shut up. I'm telling you. As a matter of fact, I, I'm not working with kids. So sometimes in my trainings, I would literally just stand in the front and, and just go like this and not say a word. And when they were all done and they'd look, I, I'd be like, I, I just, I'm not going to raise my voice at you guys but I'm not going to talk over you either, right? Like, I, I'll wait. Some of them would get mad. Oh, so offensive, whatever. It's like, no, I, I, my job right now is to teach you. But this is the next thing. Every teacher will tell you things like, oh, that's great, but that doesn't work in my class or my school with my kids. Oh my God, I would hear that all the time. Oh, that sounds great. That whole thing with the smart border, that whole thing with the, with the, but that doesn't work. You don't know the kids I teach. So then we developed something. We started doing something in, in here in, 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 in the company I worked for. We started offering classroom model lessons. And this is what we would do. I would go in a week before and meet with the principal or the reading coach or the math coach or somebody, and I'd say, okay, what teachers are we going to hit the day that I'm in your building? Oh, we're going to be working with these teachers. Okay, what are they teaching on that day? What's the grade level and what's the content? And then I would go and I would prepare and I would come in on that day and I would go into the classroom and the teacher would sit as one of the students and I would teach the class with their smart board or their technology and their kids and their stuff. And then at the end, I'd sit with the teacher and say, hey, it works in your class. I had to model it because we're so easily in our humanity, we so easily say things like, oh, that doesn't work for me. You don't know my life. You don't know my kids. You don't know what I'm going through. And because God knows us, he modeled it. He modeled it. I love that he says that there is a blessing on the seventh day. Can we think about the children of Israel when they leave Egypt for a second? Now, I want you to understand something. 
Slaves don't get a day off. Slaves don't get a day off. So children of Israel, they're slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and God frees them, uses Moses, frees them, takes them into the desert, into the wilderness, and God then begins to provide for them manna. And God tells them in Exodus chapter 16, I'm giving you this manna. Every day, go out there and collect what you need. Don't get any extra. Get what you need. For every day, I'm going to give you what you need. Get what you need. Well, you know what happens? Some people would get extra. And the next morning, it was moldy and full of worms and stinks, the Bible says. And then God tells them, on the sixth day, get double. And it's interesting because some people got double and when they woke up on the Sabbath, it wasn't moldy, it wasn't smelly, and they were able to make their, their, their bread or whatever and have their breakfast and have their food. However, the people that didn't trust on God and didn't save the extra one on the sixth day, they went outside and there was no manna. There was a blessing on the manna that was collected double on the sixth day. And I tell you, there is a blessing that will bring a provision when you rest and Sabbath for God. Again, we're not under the law. It may be a different day. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say that most of you that are here in the building today or watching online today, if you're watching it live, today perhaps is your Sabbath. You don't work today, and you got up this morning, maybe you had coffee with your husband, your wife, your kids, you did something, you came to church to collectively worship and receive, and then you go around the rest of your day, and today's a day that you did not work, and you refill, today is your Sabbath. Can I tell you something? It's not mine. What do you mean, pastor? I'm working right now. But I thought you were a pastor, and it's ministry, and ministry is awesome. Yes, it is. I get to pursue God for a living. It's amazing. And I get to teach people the word of God because that is my calling. But this is a work day. So guess what? Tomorrow, today, when I'm done this afternoon, I'll put my phone on Do Not Disturb, and I will not touch it until tomorrow evening to give God 24 hours and to refill. It's my Sabbath. So God models it. And not only does it model it, can I tell you a thought that I want everybody to ingrain? We are wired to Sabbath. We are wired to Sabbath. We are wired to require a day to replenish our tanks. Every single one of us have four tanks. We've got an emotional tank. We have a physical tank. We have a spiritual tank and a mental tank. I drew a blank for a second. Emotional, physical, mental, and now I drew a blank on the other one. Goodness gracious. Emotional tank, mental tank, physical tank, and spiritual tank. Four tanks. So you know what part of what we need to do to refill our tanks is know what refills us. Our spiritual tank gets refilled with time with God, right? But what fills your physical tank? What fills your emotional tank? It's different for each person. Can I tell you, my wife and I, we're very different in what refills us. Time together refills both of us. Time with our kids refills us. But you know something that refills my wife? Making a drawer. I say it this way. Vomit. And then organizing it. That replenishes her. Bro, eso me saca a mi de quicio. 
No, I can't. I can't. Like, I'll walk into a room where she's organizing something and everything's everywhere, and I will literally turn around and walk back out because that does not refill me. That stresses me out like no man's business. It's not what refills my cup, but it refills her. So you need to identify what you're wired with and what refills you and then do that. You know, maybe going to the batting cages refills you or going to the golf course or working in the garden or going on a walk. Man, that refills me. Throw my AirPods on and go on a two-mile walk just worshiping refills me, invigorates my spirit, man. Even my, my physical tank gets filled on a two-mile walk in worship for me. So guess what? I make it a priority to do that and fill because we're wired to Sabbath. We're wired to Sabbath. Not only are we wired to Sabbath, but Sabbath is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. As a matter of fact, can you say it this morning? Sabbath is a gift. I want you to go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number two. Mark chapter number two. If you're doing the Bible reading in a year, you read this, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. Mark chapter number two. If you're behind a few days, no condemnation. You'll read it tomorrow or the day after, whenever you get to it. Don't worry about it. Just read, okay? But Matthew chapter two, Jesus is talking here, and in verse number 23, it says, now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was indeed hungry? And he and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest, and also gave some to those who were with him? He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So many principles we can pull out of here. Number one, we know some of the professions of the disciples, but what we know is that none of them were field workers. From what the Bible teaches us, none of them were field workers. So guess what? Them walking and grabbing a, gain, a, 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 pluck, a pluck, plucking a grain from one of the things was not work for them. That's not what they did. Now, if they'd gone out fishing to sell some fish, that would have been a problem. That's one thing we can point out. Jesus is there saying, what does it mean to Sabbath? It means to cease doing your job for a day, right? But then the religious imposition of the Sabbath upon the people was that Sabbath was made, or that man was made in order to fulfill Sabbath and worship God. And that's what Jesus says that, let me correct you on something. Man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made to refresh man, to fill man, not the other way around. It is a gift. It is a gift that many of us poorly use. I am preaching to you today from a place of humility, not self-righteousness. I royally was horrible at resting and Sabbathing, me. It took me years upon years of even being a senior pastor. As a matter of fact, I'm no 
that there's people that in ministry, my lack of leadership in the area of Sabbath hurt them. And I publicly repent and publicly apologize to anybody that I contributed in burning them out because I didn't know how to rest and didn't impose resting. I'm not the same person anymore. I harp on it with any of our volunteers, with any of our leaders. I ask them constantly, what day are you Sabbathing? When are you resting? What's the day? When are you filling? I'm constantly harping on it now. But I got there. It took me a long time to get there. It took me getting to a place of being not the best husband or the best pastor or the best leader because I was spent all the time. I had to learn. And then can I tell you something else? Sabbathing actually requires faith. It requires faith. I equate it to tithing. Tithing, giving to God the 10% of whatever income comes into you requires faith. It belongs to God. It's trusting that God does more in your life with 90% than you can do with the whole hundred because he brings a blessing on it. Sabbath is the same thing. What do we do many times? No, 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 but I have to work. Tengo que trabajar because si no, no entra. And if it doesn't come in, then... So you lack of acknowledging, trusting, and leaning on God makes you not Sabbath. And in reality, even what comes in begins to smell and rot like the manna would if you took double to try to keep it left over. But there is a blessing that comes when you say, God, I'll work six and trust on you. It requires faith. Again, it took me a long time to get there. I can be honest. You can ask my wife. You can ask my parents. You can ask my family. It took me a while to get there. And I'm not saying that you enter now religiosity. I move my Sabbath depending on the week. And I'll give you a prime example. We had Wednesday nights, not this last week, but the previous two weeks on Wednesday nights, we had our leader, small group leader trainings. And there was a lot of work that was involved in that, curriculum that was written, PowerPoints that were made, things that were done. And guess what? Those two weeks, I didn't take a Monday as my Sabbath. I did Thursdays. Why? Because I needed to ensure everything was ready for Wednesday. So there's no condemnation, no sting. I, I did Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that Wednesday, when I finished that training at 9 or 10 o'clock at night that I got home, I touched nothing that dealt with the church until Friday morning and I refilled, and I replenished. So you can change it depending on your schedule. Some of you perhaps work in a hospital and your schedule shifts week after week, or you work in a specific thing and your schedule, schedule your schedule, it sounded very, very well there, right? <laughs> Gotta monitor your schedule. Your schedule shifts. And if your schedule shifts, your Sabbath can shift, but what cannot shift is not having a Sabbath. 24 hours that you say, I am not touching my work. I'm not touching my work. Exodus chapter 20 is where the Lord introduces it, the commandments, right? Ten commandments. Sabbath is so important, it made God's top ten. It is commandment number four, Okay. Exodus chapter 20, verse number eight. We're not going to read it. But if you actually look at it, and those of you who are like, oh, let me see if this is true. I actually challenge you to count every word of all 10 commandments, and you're going to see that the Sabbath has the longest explanation. You know why God did that? 
Because he made us, and he knows we were going to find every excuse under the sun not to Sabbath. So he, that one, he gave a little bit extra time. It's the longest one, gives the most explanation. And then, not only that, he mentions it over and over and over again. Go to Exodus 31 for a minute. Exodus 31. Because if you didn't know this, your Sabbath refreshes you, okay? But go to Exodus chapter 31. I'm going to read here, starting in verse number 13. Exodus 31, starting in verse number 13. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. Catch that for a minute. In the Mosaic law, there was only a few commandments or laws that required the death penalty, and breaking the Sabbath was one of them. Again, we're not under the law, so we're not going to be put to death if we don't rest and we're not refreshed and we don't Sabbath, but I will tell you, you're cutting your life short. Your physical life is being shortened because of lack of rest and trusting in God. You can read up on it. There's a term called kiroshi that came out in Japan. It is people that literally work themselves to death. So much so it was happening frequently, frequently that they had to make up a word for it. And we're living in a pandemic of lack of rest in this world today. Everything is open seven days a week, 24 hours a day, right? I talk about that. I, I, sometimes I, 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 need, I feel like I need to change my smartphone for a dumb phone. An old flip phone that I, to text message, I have to press 2222-4444. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Old text messaging. Young people are like, what do you mean by that? If you ever look at an old phone, like, you know, the number two was ABC. Three was, you know, EFG. And if you had to write the word, you know, hello, you had to like hit, you know, 7733555 to get to spell out a word, right? Don't quote me on what numbers. I'm just going from there. Why? Because we're so connected now to everything. No, do not disturb out of office. Great things. Put them on there. Then look at what verse number 17 says. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Remember, we've been grafted into the kingdom. We are his children now. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. We are refreshed when we Sabbath. Refreshed. We are refreshed when we Sabbath. Church, Sabbath is a sign to others. Sabbath refreshes us, and Sabbath requires faith. And then, if you need more documentation from the Word of God of the importance of Sabbathing, flip your Bible over two pages and go to chapter 34, and randomly, in the middle there, towards the end of the chapter, in verse 21, it just throws another one in there. Six days you shall work 
but on the seventh day you shall rest. And then look what he puts in there. In plowing time and in harvest time you shall rest. And I asked God, I, I, I got to this verse actually in my daily readings last week, and I asked, I was like, God, what do you mean in harvest time and in plowing time? And that's why the Lord gave me that phrase, even in the busy season, even in the busy season, there is never a way out to not Sabbath. I hear this all the time. Well, this is my busy season. So think about children of Israel. They're, they're talking about people plowing the land. So when you were plowing the land, there's two very busy seasons for a farmer. When you till and plant and when you harvest. That's the busiest time. And so I ask you, what is your busy season? You know what? As a school administrator, busy season's right before the school year starts. If you're an accountant, you're in busy season right now, trying to get everybody's taxes done. I have a lot of friends who are accountants. I was talking to one on, fr on, fr on Thursday, and they were like, hey, I went to sleep at four in the morning, and, and then I got a call at eight in the morning, and a thing, and I, I told the person, I was like, remember, you need to rest, and remember this. If anything happens to you, and you are out of commission, all of your clients are just going to find the next one. They're just going to call the next one. They even might send flowers, right? Like maybe they'll send flowers to your funeral, but they're going to, it's not like, oh, that's it. They're done. No, 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 no. They're going to find the next one. But you know who we're hurting by not resting and refreshing? Number one, ourselves. Number two, our spouse. Number three, our kids. Our actual workplace. We're not even giving it the best because we're fried. And when you're fried, you can't think straight. Ever tried to make a decision when you're tired and fried? As a matter of fact, have you ever tried to sleep when you're tired and fried? You wake up more tired? No, 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 no. We need to refresh even in the busy season. As a matter of fact, I would even say this. If I know I'm entering a season that's pretty busy, I'm going to take two days to rest. I'm going to get really refreshed. And I'm not going six days. I'm, I'll, I'll hit six, but I'm not going a seventh. There's going to be a refreshing. And notice again, Exodus 31, verse 13, it said, you need to teach it. This is for all generations. We teach it to our children. Ask any of my kids what it means to Sabbath. Ask them. I challenge you. Ask my kids. They are 11, 8, and 4 right now. And they're all going on like 21, but 11, 8, and 4. <laughs> one of them tells me at one point last year, I was like, hey, go unload the dishwasher. And she looked and said, but dad, today's my Sabbath. <laughs> oh, you smart Alec, like your father. <laughs> I reminded very quickly, your job is school. Dishwasher was a chore. Guess what? Sometimes on daddy's Sabbath, he does a load of laundry or he cleans something that he left a mess in or he does something that requires. That wasn't my job, but I don't clean houses for a living. So cleaning my house on my Sabbath ain't work. Yeah. It's a chore. <laughs> so what is it, right? 
And I'm being very clear on that because I know a lot of people that perhaps they're in construction. Well, guess what? You know what? On your Sabbath day in your house, don't pick up a tool. Don't pick up a side hustle and go fix something else. No, you need it. You need to refresh even in the busy season. So much so, again, I'm being very vulnerable, very honest, very transparent. As we ironed out these seven core values, the Lord reminded me how in the last year, we had done preachings and series on every single one of them. Last year, we did a three-week series on Sabbath. I'm going very over the top on this right now. Go to our YouTube channel and listen to the three-week preaching series called Refresh if you want to get more information on Sabbath. Because it is imperative. Even in the busy season, worship team, if you can come to the altar. Even in the busy season, even in the busy season, we have to stop and rest. Again, it requires faith. Bro, big time. Again, this is your busy season because this is the time I'll use again. We're, we're in tax season, so I'll use a, a tax preparer as an example. This is busy season. Can I tell you, it will witness to every one of your people that you work with when you say, I'm sorry, one day a week, I refresh. Oh, but why do you do that? So that I can do your taxes much better. So my mind is refilled and refreshed. And then, again, go and find out what fills you, what fills you, what fills you. It might be different than what fills me. You know another thing that fills me? Working with my hands, cutting wood, screwing them together, it refills me. And the Lord showed me why. It is completely opposite of what I do every other day. What is the bulk of my responsibility as a pastor? Listening to people, giving counsel, giving advice to the word of God. I'm constantly in that. Well, guess what? When I go and I measure twice and cut once, thanks, Dad. Measure twice, cut once. It's something different. And it refills me. I remember uh, towards the end of, of, of last year, something at my wife's school, they needed to take down the Christmas tree, this out of the other. I was like, they needed something. And she was like, can you come help me? I was like, here. And I went over there with my tools or whatever. And at one point, the head custodian is like, no, no, don't worry. We're going to do it. I was, and I looked at Patty. I was like, let him know this refills my cup. Just let me be. Had my gloves on, had my drills, taking every screw out. That sound. It was refilling. It fills my cup. So what fills your cup? and then integrate it into your plan. But it is imperative that you keep your tank full daily devotions and that even in the busy seasons, you refresh because then we're a witness to the world and everyone we encounter. Can I tell you, my wife can attest to this, I am a better husband when I'm refreshed. I'm a better father when I'm refreshed. I'm a better son when I'm refreshed. I'm a better pastor when I'm refreshed. I'm better at anything I go to do when I'm refreshed. And you will be better too in anything what you do. Online campus, listen, I'm talking to you. You will be better too in anything that you do 
when you are refreshed. So again, stop, cease, end, and refresh, even in the busy season. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, this morning, I corporately, we repent because so many times we lack our trust in you, our faith in you. We lack that you will provide and that you will give us that manna. So we think we have to store it up and do everything and search for it and, and do all this. Lord, I repent. We repent for not resting in you and being refreshed. Lord, we thank you that you will provide, that you will bring, and Lord, we declare we will rest and be refreshed in you and by you. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we just worship the Lord there?